<laughs> what was that? That was uh, that was attempt to do the Justin scream. Yes, yes. Why are you having to do the Justin scream? Justin's not here. He is not on this podcast today, guys, because this is a special edition of the podcast. Thank God. Yes, it is a special edition. Scott, when you originally came up with this idea for podcast, one of the things, we're going to get into more detail here in a little bit, but one of the things that you had in your mind was getting to know different team members yes, that are on the Simple Church team. You. Hence, Simple Church Backstage. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So today, we're going to get to know you. Yay. Isn't that awesome? I hope so. Yeah. And the reason why I think it's appropriate is because you're the creator of this mm. awesome thing the podcast is. People are enjoying it. I think they need to know a little bit about you. Yeah. So we're going to just take a little journey together. What do you think about that? <laughs> I like that. Sorry for those. Hey. Yeah, I just had a little bit of a burp you didn't hear. Yeah. Because I muted myself. Yeah, he is the king of mute. Yeah, just got back from lunch. So yes. Where did we go to lunch today? No teenies. Yes. First time I've been to No Teenies since it's under new management. Me too. New owner. Very good. I give it a thumbs up. It was. That's my. That's the second restaurant I've actually sat down in and ate so far. How did that go for you? Pretty good. Good. I had my fork ready to poke anybody that came too close. <laughs> so, no. we'll, we'll talk about that at the very <laughs> end, but that is a little preview of part of our discussion today. Oh. But before we get into that, I wanted them to know a little bit about you. So start yes. a little bit about your background. Like, where are you from originally? I was born... June 18th. No, uh, I was actually really was born June 18th, but I'm from here originally. was born at LSU Hospital. Yeah. Uh, I am adopted. Yes. I grew up in Bethany, Louisiana before moving to Bossier when I was a mere 13. Right. Mm-hmm. And your adoption, big deal in your life, of course, yes. like anyone that's adopted yes. in on one of our other podca- podcast. podcast. I don't know what I was saying. You found out a little bit about your heritage. Yes. And you're 1% what? 1% Native American. Native American. Yeah, Pacific indigenous. Northwest. Indigenous. Yes, indigenous peoples, as it From says. the Northwest region. Yeah, so a Canadian Indian there. <laughs> there. <laughs> Canadian Indian. So if you're, if you're brand new to the podcast and you don't know Scott Odom very well, one of his gifts that he has is he has oh, a lot of voices. I do. And that was the Canadian voice. Yeah, not voices in my head, just voices that well, I You have do. those, too. Yeah. But that's, yeah. that's a different issue. <laughs> So anyway, so you're born and raised around here, and then yes. how you kind of got to be a part of the Simple Church really goes way back to the student ministry years. How, what happened back in your student ministry years? So when I was 13, we moved to Bozier and we were looking for a church, and I almost not—wait, that doesn't make any sense. I almost <laughs> did not end up at First Bozier. Okay. We were actually going to move to a house in Woodlake, which meant we would have gone to Cyprus, more than likely. Right. Uh, but— well, that didn't happen, so we moved to Care Jokes, and so I started going to First Bossier, and in that, I met Chip Mitchell, yep. who was my student leader at that time, and I was in the eighth grade, and Justin was, Stuart was the youth pastor, mm-hmm. and Justin was over middle school. And Stuart, in case you don't know, is the guy that we've been talking yeah, about yeah, in the podcast for, that yeah. kind of survived COVID and is really yeah. doing good now. Mm-hmm. So Small World Collides. Very Small World. That was... Scott's student pastor and Justin worked for Stewart right. at the time back when age 13. Right. <laughs> so what's yeah. cool about that is this just shows how deep some of these roots run of all these people that are on the Simple Church team that it really goes back to your first year as a teenager. Yeah, yeah. It's 
The relationship with Chip and Justin specifically is over 20 years now. Right. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's very crazy. And then, so you did the student ministry thing. Yeah, so and and in that, uh, so I came in the eighth grade. Stuart was the youth pastor, and he was there for another year while I was there. And uh, I didn't do so hot in school. Uh, (laughs) When I, I was, child, no child left behind didn't exist yet. Right. But then, uh, but basically, Caddo Parish was like, yeah, just pass the guy. He's fine. Like when I was in Caddo schools in Bethany. <laughs> so when I came to Bozier, Bozier was like, nah, bro, you're a... <laughs> Bill Allred was my assistant principal at There Cope. you go. Another simple yeah, church guy. Yeah, he's DLT now. Uh, and uh, yeah, they were like, hey, Scott. So this was literally halfway through the year. They're like, hey, um, you're not going to pass. <laughs> you're trying, but... Uh, yeah, in fact, Sandra Posey, who's uh-huh. another simple church person, right. she told my mother, Scott has a lot of charm, but that's not going to pass my class. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I was taken out of school when I was homeschooled. Okay. And the whole reason why that's a big part of it is when I started being homeschooled, that opened up more opportunity for me at the church because at that time, Justin still had open eyes. Right. So I was able to, Chip pulled me onto the technical team of open eyes, and I started traveling with the band at that point. Cool. So I went to Nashville and Dustin and all across Texas and Louisiana and yeah, yeah, did a lot of traveling, open eyes. So a lot of time with those yes. guys. Yes. So then you move off to Houston. Yes. At some point, and you got an education in uh, automotive technology, automotive diesel industrial engineering. Yes. <laughs> Fancy term for mechanic. <laughs> And then circumstances bring you back yes. to this area. But, yes. And that kind of leads us almost to where we are today. But how many jobs have you had since you started working as a young adult? So beginning at 13, mm-hmm. when my first job, which was belling hay, right. I have <laughs> had 26 jobs. And you're how old? 36. That's amazing. It's so a you've lot had of jobs. 26 jobs. And they all vary. There's not like... I had 26 jobs, but I was doing this one specific thing. No, they right. have literally varied from janitor to, like, cleaning up after horses to I was an executive recruiter. I was a building engineer. <laughs> These are actual job titles this is that awesome. I can list on my resume. Yes. What would be the most bizarre job you had uh, in that 26 jobs? Bizarre? Yeah. I've got one in my mind. Hmm. Well. I'm going to say three letters. L S U. Yeah, that's where I was going. Yeah, yeah. I was a psychiatric aide, uh-huh. which was the polite term for bouncer <laughs> on LSU 10 Psych. And I'm sure a lot of people know all about that floor. Right. Yeah, I did that. That's actually the longest job I ever had. I did that for four and a half years. Yep. Yep. But you're almost about to break that record. Yes. Because yes. you're, you're coming up on that anniversary with Simple Church. Yes. So. And so, and then, but during that time, so that was. I can't remember what year that was, but wow. it was while I was at LSU. Uh, that's when I first started Simple Church, cool. and that's kind of a crazy story. All right, tell me that story. So uh, after coming back from Houston, I tried to make it as a mechanic, and um, that, <laughs> that didn't go so well. <laughs> hey, it was kind of like Bill Allred all over again. Yeah, yeah. Hey, were, you're going. Yeah, literally the guy that I was working with was like, maybe you shouldn't be a mechanic, and that's when I knew. He might have a point. Yeah, he had like 30 years experience, and he's looking at me going, I mean, you can work on your own stuff, but professional, probably not your game. Yeah. Oh, great. That's okay. So my dad, he's in upper management in LSU, so he helped me get a job on the psych unit because those aides were paid the most. Right. 
So I was paid a whole $6 an hour. Woo! Yeah, which was slightly above minimum wage. Rolling in the dough. And uh, I started working there. I wasn't going to church anywhere. Right. Um, I met a girl. We moved in together. Uh, that went great. Not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't recommend that. Yeah, huh? yeah, I wasn't involved in church at all. I hadn't seen Chip uh, or Justin or anybody for years. Just had lost touch after I moved to Houston and, and wasn't hanging out with anybody. And the morning she left me for the first time, because uh, I went back, but we won't go into that. But uh, the morning she left me, uh, I was literally laying on the ground, or no, I was sitting on the ground, just kind of, just lost. Like, right. I thought this was the girl that I was going to marry, and all this stuff, so I was in a really bad place. And my phone rings, and it's a number I don't recognize, and it's Chip. Mm. And we still to this day don't know how he got my number because I had changed phones since then. Sure. And and uh, he said, hey, Justin and I were talking and we're starting this simple church idea and uh, we really want you to be a part of it. Would that be something you'd be willing to do? And I said, sign me up. That's awesome. So you've so, literally been a part of the simple church. From the very beginning. Yeah, before it ever really existed. Yeah, because at that time, Justin and Chip, they hadn't even gotten a trailer or anything. It was literally, they got the go-ahead from Cinemedia mm-hmm. through Regal, and Justin had just asked permission from Fred. Yeah. And so then Fred had signed off, so they were like, well, we're going to do it, and he, here's who we're going to get to do it with us. That is so cool. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I don't think most people would know that. That you know, I'm sure they've seen you around. They've probably seen you on the big screen. You might have seen me on the screen. Yeah. But it's kind of cool to me that you really were – in the very early, early days of the, you know, whole idea of Simple Church, which is cool because you've had a lot of jobs in between that. You didn't always work here officially, but you've been involved the entire time that the church has existed, which gets us up to today. You do work for us. Yes. And people ask me all the time, what does Scott do for the church? So I'm going to rattle off a list just for the (laughs) listeners yeah, because this is of, a great. And this question. is just the stuff that comes to my mind. I, it is not by any means an, an, a complete list, but I have janitor, logistics, fleet manager, lighting director, and then of course podcast master. <laughs> you like that one, don't you? I do. I do. Did I miss anything in there that jumps out? No, to you? no. That's pretty much it. Yeah, it's it's and it's every day. Would you agree? Is different. Oh yeah. But yeah. that's one of the things that I like about it, right? Is it is different every day. I mean, w- literally one day I'm tanking out the trash, the next day I'm driving to Birmingham to pick up a car. I mean, it's literally right, completely different every day. A lot of variety. Yes. Yeah. One of my favorite things that you do is sometimes you just drive me around. Yes. Like if we have things to do, and I can make calls, and we knock out yeah. projects or whatever. Yes. So. Scott and I work really close together yeah. on a daily basis. I mean, you really work for everybody. That's true. I mean, there's there's no real one boss for you because you, you're involved in a bunch of different areas, but we get to spend a lot of time together, which I'm thankful for. Aww. It's really cool. But Podcast Master is where we're going to focus today <laughs> because of all the things that you do, I think this is a true statement. This is the one thing that truly came out of your imagination. Yes. So tell the listeners and me how that happened. How did you even come up with this idea? Well, the year was 1998. No, uh, <laughs> no, it was actually last May okay. at the, around this time. Uh, we went to a, uh, a conference mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And while we were doing that, we went to Chick-fil-A. 
and we met a guy by the name of Woody. I want to say Woody no. Wiswell, but I know that's not that's right. That's not right. Just, just call him Woody. Woody. Yeah, we'll just call him Woody. If you're listening, I'm sorry. But uh, and he was just going on and on, and, and he was telling us about all these great things that that Chick Fil A was doing, and then there was a Q and A thing, and I forget the question that I asked him because I asked him a question about something or other, and his response was, and maybe it wasn't even me that asked the question, but he was talking about if I was in Louisiana. My focus, if I was going to reach people, would be about food because food's all about Louisiana, and that just got things cooking. Oh, no pun intended. <laughs> In my mind, because I was just, you know, because I'm a part of this, and, and, and I like to think that I'm creative, and, and I'm trying to think about it. So in that, this idea came up, and I was bouncing stuff off, and I had kind of a dinner table idea, and into that, it morphed into this podcast because it's something that I talked about doing for a really long time. Uh-huh. But I really didn't have a, a format or, or some way to to get it out there or to really think about what we're going to talk about. And then it just kind of came to me that like, no, because also another catalyst for it is the the mission trips on Juarez and stuff like that. Uh, I'm a driver generally because that's just one of the things that I do. And most of the people in my van, they're new, or or maybe they're not new, but they're just kind of attenders. Mm-hmm. And so because I'm a staff member, they end up asking me a lot of questions. And nothing heavy or anything, but it's questions. Oh, my mic just cut out, sorry. <laughs> that was weird. But, you know, like questions about, uh, you know, like background of people at the church, like, you know, are Justin John really brothers? How long has Chip been? You know, all those questions. So I thought, well this could be the perfect format for that because you can get a lot more information out. Absolutely. Yeah, and so then I'm very thankful that Justin and you were like, go for it. Right. And the timing of it's really cool because I remember you talking about the idea, and because we're busy, I mean, in case you don't know as a listener, there's always so much going on at the church that you really didn't get it started until early this year. Yes. And then all of a sudden, COVID-19 strikes. And I would say that it's divine, the timing of that, because Ooh. it is, yeah, I know, that it's been so helpful as a communication tool, uh, not only to get the listeners to know different people on the team, which was your original vision, and to answer some of those questions that these missionaries kept asking you or what have you, but also just to communicate about what's going on in general. Right. And and I've seen it do both. and. You know, you and I have talked about that we definitely want to shift back toward your original vision, which was to answer some of those common questions. Because we've had yeah. to really focus on COVID-19 a lot because it is a global pandemic. It is worthy of the effort. But today is a good example of us trying to shift it back toward what you originally had envisioned, which was to give people a sense of the backstage, behind the scenes. Who are these people? Right. What are they really doing? And, and I think that's cool that we've gotten to do that. Yeah, because there's a what a lot of people don't realize is the interconnectivity. Ooh, that was a big word Ooh. between all the staff. Because like you were saying earlier, there's a lot of deep roots. Well, there's a lot of deep roots on staff. I mean, Ray Rainey and Robin have been around for years. Chip, even Amber, everyone is weirdly connected. And how this all came together, it's it's so odd. Like me, I never thought I'd be here. I never once ever went. I'm going to be on staff at Simple Church right. ever in my entire life. <laughs> I never thought 
that it was going to happen. Well, nor did I, because if you remember, <laughs> oh, I remember. How, remember how? Like, well, how did you even get hired? What? Well, what happened? So the last job I had before this one was uh, the probably the best, but also. Well, not the word, but definitely the best job ever. I'm uh, not going to name the company, just right. in case he might work for him. But it was a do-nothing job. <laughs> I literally managed an app that nobody used. <laughs> so I would come in at 8, and I would leave at 5, and I would generate two reports that said zero. Wow. And so I did that. I was there for two and a half years. Toward the end, they moved me in, into an IT position. I know nothing about IT. I know you can turn a computer on and off. Right. I know. I mean, I have some basic knowledge, but nothing. But so it was, it just was not a good fit. But anyway, it was an oil field company. Mm-hmm. And that company, you know, unfortunately in the downturn, they had to start and they laid off a lot of people. And I was part of that layoff. And it just so happened that uh, it was Easter. It was right around Easter time. Right. And there was an opportunity for me to come in part time. And I did such a good job that Justin decided, hey, we're going to bring you on full time. And I sat down with you to <laughs> fill out my paperwork. And you say, well, my brother wants to hire me or hire you. I don't know where you're going to fit in, but here you go. <laughs> That's really the truth. Yeah. And I actually shared an office with somebody for three years. Oh, a good long while. Yeah. You actually shared an office with Davin. Yes. So the funny part about that, most people that hang around us know that you and Davin are my adopted sons. Pretty much. Not literally. Yeah. But uh, you actually, you you had a different nickname for yourself. I'm the stepson. <laughs> yeah, right. And there's advantages and disadvantages. There are, yeah. See, Davin catches the brunt of the <laughs> anger. <laughs> Which is fine for me. I'm like I'm like the stepson that's just trying to prove himself. Right. So I'm just trying to stay in good graces. Where Davin's just like I'm going to do what I want to because I know that I'm loved. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm like I'm not sure, so I'm going to do everything I can to make sure. So that is funny that you two guys shared an office for that three yeah. years, and you're both very close to me. Both of yes. you are very important in my life. It's just kind of humorous to me that I didn't even really know what you were going to do. Yeah. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I mean, you do a lot for me. Yeah. A lot. And uh, you're very important to the team. So I'm thankful that he kind of said, hey, we're going to put this guy to work. And even though I was clueless of what that meant, even this very podcast you're listening to was a result of you just being thrust into the team Mm -hmm. and let's make the best of it. And it's been awesome. So Yeah, my joke always is when you say you're going to do it, that means I'm going to do it. (laughs) Right. Oh, I'll be there. No, no, no. no yeah, I'll be there, especially so. if it's picking up something oh, yeah. or delivering yeah, if something. If it's hard or, work, yeah, Scott yeah. will be there. At yeah, some I'll point. say that. We'll take care of that. Yeah. Scott goes, what am I going to take yeah. care of? What am I doing again? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So so that takes us back to, so you had this vision, and, you know, I remember being at Chick-fil-A. That was a phenomenal trip. Yes, it was. Um and it's kind of interesting how it ties into world events right now, because if you remember, one of the things that we talked about at that visit, we were actually in the incubator, they call it, That's right. of Chick-fil-A. The hatch is the term they used, if I'm not mistaken. And it's their creative idea division of Chick-fil-A. And uh, I was just at Chick-fil-A last night getting nuggets for our life group. And if you haven't seen it, we mentioned it in an earlier podcast, they have these capsules that they wear 
whenever it's raining. It's weird. It is really weird, and I'm confident it came out of the hatch. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure somebody had that idea. So last night I'm in the line, and the lady comes out, and it's raining uh, last night. And I said, hey, where's your capsule? (laughs) And she just got the biggest laugh. She says, I hate that thing. I said, but it's so cool. And she goes, you're lying. (laughs) It's not cool. But I just thought it was kind of interesting that this idea hatched, this podcast hatched out of us being at the hatch. Mm -hmm. And I I don't think I knew that until you just shared that right now, that that's where the idea started kind of brewing in your mind. So that whole trip was worth that. Yeah. And so much other stuff has come out of it because going back to the world events, they talk about cooking stations and not really that the long-term goal of Chick-fil-A is not to have you in their store. Right. They really, they're really trying to get you to not come into the actual physical store, which I thought was crazy at the time a year ago. And now I'm thinking, man, they were really ahead of the curve because now you still can't go in their store. Yesterday when I was there, a lot of other places are letting you 25% occupy or whatever. They're like, no, we're double lining it through the drive through and you can order through the app in the third lane, and that's all we're doing. So it's just kind of cool how all that ties together with what we're going through right now, yeah. and then the idea was hatched from, for you. So yeah, They have amazing vision there. Yeah, and so do you Aww. in the sense of what we're doing here today. So when you think about the podcast, now that it's been going, this is episode 23. Three. 23 episodes what's been the most fun part for you being the creator of the podcast what have you enjoyed the most watching it happen well the most fun i think because i've done some staff interviews unfortunately like you said because of the covid stuff but i guess the most fun is is finding out stuff from people that i've known for a very long time like evan and mallory i've known them for 20 plus years and uh it's finding out stuff from them that I didn't know, and then them finding out stuff. Like, I asked Mallory out. Evan never knew that. <laughs> right. Yeah, this was long before they were even dating, by the way, just so everyone knows. Clear. Right. This, was, this, was, this was like 15 years ago. We were much younger. I was much thinner. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I actually I had a little crush on Mallory. I thought she was cute, and I actually asked her out. And she turned me down because I didn't know at the time, but she was in love with Evan, and Evan didn't want to have anything to do with her. Right. And so. if you haven't listened to that episode, you got to go back and listen to it because yeah. it is fascinating. Because I also did not know any of that. Yeah. And it is the most bizarre courtship I think I've ever heard of in my whole life. But it fits them. It really does. If you, if you don't know them, it would make more sense if you knew them because it's classic for the Samankos. But that is a great episode and something that you wouldn't know uh, without, you know, listening and t- taking the time to interview them. Yeah. Uh, what's been the most challenging part of being the pod master? Well, there are certain people that I want to get to know, and they're nervous. Yes. And so it's challenging when you get certain people, and they don't want to talk, and then you're having to pull information out of them. Right. So that's been a bit challenging. Yeah. But overall, pretty much everybody that's come in so far has been pretty easy to talk to and and you know, pretty easy to get information from. But there are a few people because they're scared because, you know, you can hear your voice and, right. you know, we have a camera on, which we don't have on today, but normally there's a camera on. And, and specifically, you know, they want to make sure they look good and, you know, they're uncomfortable speaking in front of the public, which you're really not. It's just me in a room and you're just speaking into a mic. So It's funny you say that because I was talking to Teresa last night. You know, we've recently had 
her and Angie on uh, their own little episode. And she made that very comment. She said that she's not really a public speaker. She doesn't really enjoy that. But that the advantage to a podcast is you really don't think of the visual aspect of it. You're just focusing on whatever you want to share. And I think that's a big relaxer for people. Uh, number one, it is a comfortable environment. You're just sitting in a chair. It is a little weird to hear your own voice in the headphones at first, but she was pleasantly surprised at how good she sounded. She <laughs> she thought she sounded worse, like in her own ear when she actually heard the actual post-production and the actual product. She was like, hey, it sounded pretty good. So I think for most people, there is this initial anxiety of, oh, what do I say? But as a host yourself and me getting to host some as well, it is fun getting them comfortable and getting them to start sharing stuff about who they really are. I could see yeah. where that would be fun for you. Yeah, because I don't want to, and also I'm not trying to get anybody to share anything they don't want to share. Right. It's just basic information because that's what people want. They yep. want to know what, and it's, you know, they want to know what you and Teresa are up to when you're at home. They want to know what Justin Angie's are uh, is up to. Right. They want to know what it's like in our lives. Right. Which can be boring, but. <laughs> Maybe. But speaking of that. Help the listener understand what Scott Odom's world looks like when you go home at night. Because there's two very important characters. Mario Isabel and Smokey. That's right. Smoker dopers. And what are those? They're my kitties. All right. So how did you end up with two cats as well, a single guy? <laughs> like most things in my life, it's interesting. Yes. That yeah. would agree. Yeah. I For 36 years old, I've lived a very interesting life. Um, so I was seeing a lady and, uh, that sounds so sketchy. Yeah. I, I, was, I was seeing a lady. How's it going? No. So I was dating, I was dating a that, woman. That's right. And, uh, she was a nurse and, um, she lived here, obviously. Duh. I don't know why I'm going in so much detail. Anyway, <laughs> but she, she wanted to move back home. She's from Alexandria. She got a great job. Like she's over the whole hospital in Alexandria now, I guess. And uh, so that's what she wanted to do. So she was moving back home. Mm -hmm. And she said, hey, can you watch my cat for a couple of weeks? And then I'll come back and get her. And that was two years ago. Wow. So that's how. She never I, came back. I never came back. That's how I ended up with Isabel. Okay. And then Smokey, who is my favorite, uh, was actually my mom's coworker, begged and begged me and begged me to take this little kitten because she had seven kittens. Wow. And uh, she actually wanted me to take two because yeah. Smokey had a best friend. But I was like, I'm not going to be that cat guy. You separated Smokey from his I best friend. did. So wow. I got Smokey as a tiny little baby kitten. So he's probably kind of special because you've raised him yeah. from a cat. Yeah. And I she's, mean, from a kitten to a cat. Yeah. <laughs> but she's super, Smokey and I have a special relationship. Sure. And they have different personalities. Yes. You have shared with us. Yes. So tell us about each of them. How they so Isabel's not nice. She uh, she can be nice, but she's fine. Like, if you try to pet her, she'll bite you. She scratches. But they're not, but both of them are not typical cats. Okay. Like, if you come over to my house, they're going to come to you. Right. They're going to want to know who you are. They're going to sniff you. They're going to want to be petted. So they're not, they're not, they're not going to run and hide and sit there and look at you. Right. Um. But yeah, Isabel's definitely typical mean. She doesn't have anything to do with Smokey or anybody. More your stereotypical cat. Yes. Where Smokey's just sweet. <laughs> Why do you use that voice? Like... I don't know. I have to use that voice with me. <laughs> you sweet baby. Yeah. But like, like for instance, one time I got really, really sick. I had a stomach virus, and uh -huh. I was not doing good. Right. So mother. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on. We have to pause here for a second because one of the things that makes me laugh every time is you you refer to your mom as mother. As mother. Yes. Well, why? Why is that? So it goes back to she. Re- so my great grandmother was mother. <laughs> and so then when she talks about her mom, my grandmother, Nana, uh, Rosemary, it is mother. So it's just in me that I call my mom mother. It's just something that just... It's so formal. Yeah, it is. It really is. And I call my dad dad, but mom is mother. I don't <laughs> I don't know why. It's just stuck that it way. It just makes me laugh yes. every time. So anyway. Anyway, so I was very, very sick. Uh-huh. And uh, mother... Yes. Tried, came over to, you know, because I'm single, by the way. Yep. All you ladies out there, how's it going? <laughs> uh, but I, so I'm single, so my mom, you know, came over to help me bring the medication. And Smokey would not let her get near me. She literally sat on my chest right. and hissed and swiped at my mom uh, anytime she got near me. Yeah. And would not leave me, would not leave my side or anything. So her and I have a... I think y'all have definitely had a bond yes. that has formed, for sure. Yes. Right. You Baby, yes. <laughs> Everybody's like, "Am I going to be that weird guy?" Now? <laughs> the cat guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that's that's kind of your livelihood at the house. You come home to the cats, yeah. what have you? Uh, what's what do you do for fun? What would you say is something you enjoy, hobby or what have? Well, you? John, I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to do. I mean, I'm not a big hunter. Right. Uh, I do like to fish without bait. Uh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't understand. I love fishing. Yeah? Like, I love the peacefulness of it. I love being on the water. I like casting. Uh-huh. But I do not like fish. <laughs> so, this is bizarre. I'm Well, I'm a bizarre person. Yeah, so I love going out there. I love casting. I love the sound that the reel makes while you're reeling right, in. Right, right. But I could care less about catching anything. So mm. I will literally, and I, I grew up kind of fishing. My grandfather was big into it. My dad showed right. me at a young age because I grew up in the woods and way out in the middle of nowhere. So I kind of grew up like that kind of boy kind of guy. Right. But so I will, I know what bait to use, but I will specifically use the wrong kind of bait for where I'm at so I don't catch anything. That is unique. Yes. Yes. Because I am unique. So you hardly ever catch anything, right? Yeah. I've only caught one fish in my entire life. <laughs> So then you've been successful. Yes, I have been. Since your goal was not to catch any. Yes. You only have a failure rate of once. One, of once. Yeah. Did how hard was it to get the fish off the hook? Uh <laughs> <laughs> I uh I didn't know what to do. Right. Cuz I don't like the way fish smell. I don't like the way they they <laughs> they, they like to touch them. <laughs> I wish you could see his so, hand motions right now. <laughs> yeah, so I was like I was like barely, I was trying not to touch it, and I'm trying to grab it in its mouth, and it's, it's gasping for air, yes. and I'm freaking out because also I'm a tender heart, so like you know that was painful for me watching this poor little fish gasp for air. So I'm trying to get the hook out, and the fish died. Oh, yeah, yeah I was not successful. I think Gosh. what I did was, and this is going to be terrible. I think I left it hooked and just put it back in the water. <laughs> And hope that it would fall off. <laughs> That's not a good plan. <laughs> wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, fishing without bait's probably what you yeah. need to be doing. Yep. If you don't really mm-hmm. want to unhook them. Really I'm not much different. My father-in-law is an avid fisherman. Fished the freshwater lakes here when he lived here. Now he lives down on the coast. He saltwater fishes all the time. 
I have zero interest in it. I know he's got to be disappointed. I do like saltwater fishing. Do you? Yes. Because but, that's because somebody else gets the fish off correct. your hook. Yeah. I've seen it on the TV. Yeah, they do all the work. You just reel it in. What was your favorite fish you ever caught offshore? Um, Like, you get any biggins? was a grouper. A grouper. Yeah, and then we also caught a barracuda. Okay. Yeesh. Yeah, they're kind of ugly, aren't they? Oh, they're massively ugly. All fish are ugly, though. No. I've Nemo never... is cute. Well, that's a fake fish. No, but even the real ones, like if you go to an aquarium, they're like little stripes. And... I have never looked at a fish and gone, hey, you're cute. <laughs> Although that would be weird if I did anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could see where that wouldn't really happen. Yeah, but no, I've never thought I... all fish are ugly to me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But you like fishing. I like without fishing. Without bait. Yeah. But I like camping too. Yes. I like paintball. Yes. Um, I like Jeeps. I was about to say, yeah. I was hoping you were going there because yeah. right now that's kind of your new kind yeah. of obsession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you get into Jeeps? How did that happen? Well, that's a long story. No, I'm kidding. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Chet and then Terry and Jody Rhodes uh-huh. and Michael Fox and I uh, last year yep. about this time. Um, went to a place called Barnwell Mountain, and it's a rock crawling place out in East Texas, and it was a lot of fun it getting is. out there and being in the woods, and there's all these little trails, and I mean, we didn't get anything, like, too serious, but I mean, it was still, you know, there was a couple little rough spots, but it was just a lot of fun. It was good manly activity, and, and I just got hooked. They're awesome. Yeah, so for the past year just about i've been really searching and trying to figure out how to get a jeep that's cool and so it looks like you're about to get one yeah possibly i'm just i'm scared <laughs> because another fun fact about jonathan odom or scott odom uh i have never ever bought a vehicle period yes so tell us how that's possible Thank you, Father. <laughs> That's Dad. You yeah. call him Dad. Yeah, Dad. So when I was 16, um, I was a spoiled kid because I am an only child. So uh, I got, I inherited, not inherited, but my mom gave me her car. And then after that, as a graduation gift, I got another car. And then um, that car started to fall apart. So then I got a truck, technically, that was mine. But my dad co-signed on it, which made it his truck because I didn't have any credit or anything at the time. And I paid him for it. Right. So, but te- none of that, by the way, and I don't know if you're aware of this, Dad, if you're listening, none of that helped me. <laughs> because the truck was in his name since he was the primary. So, even though it was really supposed to help my credit, nothing went to my credit. Right. Uh, but, so paid for that truck for a little while, but ended up paying that off. But I still never bought it, bought it. Then after that truck started to fall apart, uh, I was given another vehicle by my dad because... He found out that they were only going to offer him a certain amount for his Tahoe, and so he was like, well, if we give me this much for the truck, because the truck really was, it was in rough shape. It was, I really think it was a flood truck from Houston, so, um, yeah, he ended up trading in my truck, and then I got his Tahoe. So I've literally, in 36 years, never bought a single vehicle. So this is a big move for you. This is a big move for yeah. me. Yeah. Big, big learning opportunity. Yep. Try not to get over my head. Yeah, so which kind of leads us toward what we're going to kind of wrap up today is this uh, this year. Because <laughs> we've all we've mentioned on some previous podcasts that 2019 was kind of a challenging year for the church as a whole. Yes, especially the team. But we made the comment, at least I made the comment, 
that 2020 was going to be better. I will go on to say that I am known as Christmas John, but Christmas John did not come out until Christmas Eve or maybe Christmas Day. No, it's Christmas Eve. Yeah, when Scott showed up at my house with an inflatable train with Santa Claus and a reindeer in it. And a snow machine. And a snow machine. Honestly, he saved Christmas for me. You're because welcome. last year was so bizarre that I really just was not feeling it. And I can remember for the first time, which is a bizarre statement, that I didn't really feel like Christmas until the snow machine and the inflatable showed up Aww. in the yard. So having said that, so we get to 2020, and I made the proclamation, 2020 is going to be so much better of a year. And honestly, in a bizarre way, it has been. And you've mentioned a couple of times in the podcast before that your book title, kind of joking, but you never know, is what? What is your book title going to be? COVID-19 Saved My Life. Yes. So I said that kind of dreary. COVID-19 <laughs> Saved My Life. Yeah, there you go. That's more like it. So for the listener that maybe have missed previous episodes, because you've, you've hit bits and pieces of this story in the midst of everything else we've covered, tell us a little bit about what has happened during COVID-19 for you personally? Well, (laughs) (laughs) um, well, I thought that I won't say my life was good, but I thought I had everything under control. Uh, we hit COVID-19. Uh, we were still working technically, but we weren't coming to the office. All our daily duties changed. So I just went into the routine. I was at home a lot and, uh, my anxiety peaked. Mm Mm-hmm. And I realized I had a very bad habit, Uh (laughs) which I was drinking every day. I was drinking a 12-pack a day Uh and had been for a very long time. Right. And so uh, when my anxiety peaked, I stopped. Well, when I stopped, (laughs) (laughs) my anxiety really peaked. The journey began. Yeah, then I had a few weeks of up and down. And uh, anyway, so to sum all that up, I realized I am an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. and that I needed help. So actually that week I came to you, and I said, hey, I think i got a problem. Yep, I remember that. I <laughs> did. i never get the look on your face. <laughs> you got all big-eyed on me. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I did. Yeah, but so, and through that, you know, I'm learning now, you know, to work through my anxiety, to work through this addiction. I'm in AA, and I'm doing the steps, and I have a counselor, and I have a sponsor, and I'm just trying to work through it and take everything day by day. Right, trying to get better and doing my best to be better. Yeah, because that I didn't. Because what this COVID for me, what it did is this situation showed me how unhealthy I really was. I thought everything was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I struggle going to sleep. Right, and so that's what I use the alcohol for. I was like, well, you know, hey, I sleep good. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I was passing out every night. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I can say now, I mean, I still have anxiety and I still have my issues, but I'm working through them. But I feel so much better. Right. I have more energy than I've had in a very long time. Of course, when you're not waking up hungover every day, that helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel better. I think better. Um, I, you know, I, the fog is gone. Now, I will say it, it kind of freaks me out because... I am on medication, and I'm happier, and I'm kind of like, whoa, what's this feeling? Yeah, you've really mentioned know. that yeah. that's actually taking some adjustment. Yeah, and that's kind of weird. Like, it's a weird adjusting to like, hey, you're okay today. Right, <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, and there's listeners out there. I mean, I wanted you to share a little bit about that because I just heard on the radio yesterday that anxiety is at an all-time high. Right. Just, and it's no shock why. We have a global plan- pandemic. I can't even say it. Global pandemic going on right now. And I would not be shocked if there are listeners out there that possibly can relate. Right. That, it, that have adopted some life choices to cope whatever they may be. There's all kind of different things we use as coping mechanisms, but I think it's really awesome that you have come so far and, and really, and, and I, this is shocking to the listeners. I know you're not going to believe this, but none of us knew. Yeah. And no one knew, not my parents, not my closest friends, because the advantage or disadvantage, however you want to look at it is I'm single. I, once I leave work, I'm by myself 90% of the time. And my cats don't talk to anybody, right? Yet, so. <laughs> but uh, you know, so and I, I don't, I didn't have anybody checking up, sure. Because at the time, I, I, well, still don't have anybody. But you know, like, so I would just go home, and I was spending, I was buying a twelve pack every other day right. or more, right? And I'm just blowing through life, and sure. and literally, and yeah. So no one knew, not not my closest friends, anybody, right? And then, so this COVID crisis, because you know, we, we're in a life group together, you and I, we have an awesome group of guys. We just met last night, and we're starting a brand new series um, that is real time, and it's Andy Stanley. He's doing a series called Better From It, and it's really talking about how to take this COVID crisis, as awful as it is in so many ways, and with some intentionality making it a goal to come out on the other side better. Right. And to me, that's exactly what you're doing. You you didn't have the advantage of the series to get this started for you. You got to a point of crisis. And, and I made this statement last night, and the guys really connected with it, that it's a proven fact that crisis magnifies whatever reality is there. So whenever we face a crisis, if things are going really well, then we tend to handle it really well because we're already good. But if we're kind of bad, if we're in a bad place, then the crisis magnifies that we're in a bad place. And that can sound awful, but it can be a great catalyst for true change moving forward. And to me, it's exciting for me, for you, that COVID-19 probably truly did save your life. Yeah, and and I'm not going to say it's been easy because it hasn't been. No, I've had some <laughs> yeah. some interesting days. You have. Uh, and I ended up in the ER and stuff like that, but it has been worth it. Yes. I will say that. So if you are listening and you are struggling with it or, or with other, whatever you're struggling with, I will tell you that it is difficult, but it is worth it because I just feel better. And and that's the key. You you feel better. And it's in every day. And that's the other thing too is I don't take it, you know, in like great strides and think, "Oh, a year from now I'm going to be, you know, no, it's a day-to-day process and that's what I just have to remind myself." Absolutely. That's a great word. Yeah. And and I've, you know, again going back to the irony of me not knowing what you were going to do for the church when Justin wanted to hire you. We do spend a lot of time together, work closely together, and I've gotten to watch you journey through this and yes there have been some difficult days but I can say though that every time you would have a difficult moment it led to a better outcome on the other side it was like a necessary step 
to get you further along in the process. So one of the things we learned last night, just because it's very fresh in my mind, is one of the greatest shames is when you go through pain and there's no gain. And I thought, what an interesting statement. And the way he actually said it was is pain with no gain is a shame. And I know that there's people out there listening right now that this global pandemic has been extremely difficult for everybody. But it would be awesome if you look back at 2020 and as crazy as it was, just like Scott, you go, it changed my life. Yeah. Because I had to deal with whatever. I mean, when you are, the, the word I use was sequestered, which is not right. <laughs> when you're quarantined at home for nine weeks or eight weeks or whatever it was for you, I know it varies from state to state and whatever, that is really bizarre. When you have nothing but time and nothing to do, you can't go to work, you're not supposed to go to work, and I ain't supposed to be really going to the grocery store unless you're getting essentials, Home Depot and Lowe's. Man, they were slammed because it was the oh only thing gosh. you could do. So home improvement projects went crazy. But, but short of that, you had no distractions would be the best way to say it. You had to deal with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think if everybody were honest, they're probably having similar experiences, but they might not be as far along as you. They may be just now recognizing, I don't like what I saw over that eight weeks. I hope you did, but if you didn't, it's okay. You yeah. can be better from it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. Yeah, and you're worth it. Right, and that's a big thing that you're learning right now because you also have a counselor. You mentioned yes. it earlier. You, you do have a Christian counselor that you meet with on a regular basis. You're doing it through Zoom right now because he's still not seeing patients live. But there is a total reframing of the mind, too, that you believed some lies to yourself for a very long time, and now you're having to kind of reshape that. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly, because, yeah, that's exactly right. I I have believed a lot of lies about myself that I told myself for years, and now I'm having to go through and really think through that and really try to change all that, which, once again, is not easy, but I know at the end of the day it's worth it. Absolutely. Because I am worth it, and I am better, and I will be better. Cool. That's Mm -hmm. awesome, dude. We're going to start landing this plane right now, but it's not crashing. We're landing it. (laughs) Uh, But I just want all the listeners to know that uh, this awesome podcast you're listening to is because of the dream this guy had sitting across from me. And just know going forward that you're going to still hear about stuff going on at the church, but we're also going to start reintroducing you or maybe for the first time introducing you to different people that are very critical to making the church happen. Key volunteers, staff members, et cetera, et cetera. So tune in. Don't miss it. Because there's more great episodes coming. Isn't that right, Podmaster? Yes. yes. And also all kinds of different episodes are coming. We're going to do fun stuff, interesting stuff. So I can't wait to see yes, it. More or listen to it anyway. Mm. All right. Until next time. Peace.